good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However you're watching, wherever you're watching, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, it is the Bet Online to Salute Detroit podcast, and it's another special Thursday here. We have a special guest. You guys know him. This is probably one of the biggest USC Twitter fans on the Twitter or the X or the X or whatever they call it. We call it Twitter. People call it the X. Elon Musk Company. We'll leave it at that. One of the biggest ones on there. We all love him. We got him here today. We got our man, Eric Nation, a.k.a. at Fight on Rusty. Rusty, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. I'm, you're the see. He says, "How are you?" Right away, Ryan and Jamal. You guys can learn from him. He <laughs> was trying to throw back. But yeah, you're right. It's it's working in a consultancy business. So I got right. you. And then we'll pass it on. We got our man, the Madman. He his beard is thicker than mine today. I'm impressed, Matt. Man, you're looking good there. You're hey, listen, I, I I shaved while I was in the car talking to you 35 oh. minutes ago. You know, oh, there so you go. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we I got them all. But I love I love the arrogant nation politeness. You know, maybe there's a there's a, a side business there. Fight on Rusty. You know, there's like <laughs> arrogant napkins. You know, arrogant <laughs> handkerchiefs. <laughs> With a little yes. SC down in the corner. There they're, you go. Absolutely. And, and they have to be linen, so you have to wash them. Like, they're not even throwaway. You know Absolutely. what I mean? You got those yeah. the arrogant pocket squares. I mean, I think there's a there's a whole lifestyle here. There's a whole oh, there lifestyle I can, brand. I can tell you guys are USC alum just trying to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the founder himself, the one and only, Ryan Dye. Ryan Dye, Rude. Ryan, how are you doing today? What is up, fellas? Doing good. Coach, Jamal, great to see you. Rusty, great to meet you. Uh, one of my favorite follows. And, you know, not only just because you're you're fun on Twitter and a good follow, but you actually provide a lot of good information. So excited to talk to you about it and and get into it and talk about your USC history and, and talk about the state of the program and just your thoughts on it. So thanks for jumping on with us. And Coach, you already were asked, but how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. I got a new look. I see that the beard is gone and the beard is gone for a reason. And, um, but maybe I might, maybe it may come back, maybe not, but I still have the goatee. I may look, grow a little, little thicker down here. So, um, but we'll see. But the beard is gone temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah. Clean it up. I, I saw, I saw a thing. It says, <laughs> I saw something. I forgot. It was like, there's only a few black dudes without a mustache. And black dudes without a mustache are normally corny. But the only one who's ever been able to pull it off was Barack Obama. <laughs> now my now my head's spinning. I'm trying to think, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I can't think of many without. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. I wanted to let you guys know this when when I first and Jamal and Ryan could testify to this when I first pulled you, Rusty. I was like, guys, I got him. I was so excited for this. I've been so excited for this day. I was like, we got arrogant nation. He's agreed to come on. He had a little stipulations. We're good with the stipulations. He wants to come on the show. I was so geeked. It was like we signed a five-star recruit. Jamal Jamal, and Ryan could definitely testify to that. So I'm so happy that you're on here. We're just going to shoot the shit, talk a little bit, and and uh, hopefully we get some good information out of you. First question I have for you, uh, Rusty, is how long have you been an SC fan, and what drew you in to the Cardinal and Gold? Oh, man. Um, I would say I got really serious about being an SC fan probably when I was seven, eight, nine years old. Um, I'm from L.A., um, so 
my dad actually went to USC. So he was kind of my uh, guide towards, you know, the right side of LA football. My mom's actually a UCLA uh, alum. She was probably the most influential in me picking up football. Um, she knew more about the game than my dad did. So I leaned on her for a lot of that. Uh, she was part of UCLA's recruiting staff back in the day. So um, fortunately learned a lot from her, but, you know, obviously went to the right side towards uh, USC. Um, but yeah, man, it's seven, eight, nine years old. I think the first game I really remember watching was the 96 Rose Bowl. I think it was 96 Rose Bowl against uh, Northwestern. And from there, like, it just drew me in, right? Like, that was just, uh, you know, uh, big names, uh, top players, best coaches, most exciting uh, play, obviously not in the late 90s, but, you know, I was a kid, so I didn't really care that much. Um, but it was a ton of fun, right? Just going to games and uh, watching the games live and, uh, you know, sometimes losing to UCLA and getting really pissed off. And that's kind of like what drew me in even more. So I really want to kind of thank the late 90s UCLA for kind of beating us a couple times because that increased my fandom. That, be, I guess, kind of true to form with like arrogant nation that increased my fandom towards USC. So, so, so late 90s UCLA, UCLA brought it to us like a consistent like eight years in a row. So, <laughs> you, you were upset for most of your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, they have exactly. some good teams and they had a good coach. I'm not going to take anything from Coach Neuheisel. Coach Neuheisel is a college football legend. So, and Matt, if you ask Madman in his house, those are great times at that at, during those times. So, because Papa Mac split household, just like <laughs> fight on Rusty's for sure. So, <laughs> and so fight on Rusty, your son is before we started. Um, you're alumni of USC, correct? I am. Yeah, I uh, I graduated. Technically, in 2013, I did a victory lap for 2014. So um, I like to say that I'm a 2014 alum. Um, but yeah, I graduated at USC um, shortly after moved to Boston. So obviously, there wasn't a ton of, you know, alumni network in Boston. It's not like New York City. It's not like Chicago, where there's, you know, consistent gatherings during game day. Um, and that's kind of what led me towards this towards a Twitter account is just like, you know, we got to connect with, you know, the, the USC family somehow, the Trojan family somehow. So um, that's what kind of uh, drew me into to Twitter to do so. Russell, so you, uh, sorry, if I, just to jump in, Al, um, we probably crossed paths. I went to Long Beach State. I graduated in 2013 and, and we frequent a lot up at the SC campus. We probably probably crossed paths yeah. a couple times up there. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Love it. So, Rusty, I'm going to ask you this one question. Did you spend more time at the 2-9 or did you spend more time at Treddy's? I spent more time at the 9-0. Uh, oh, like okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was a, I, was, I was on a frequent flyer at the 9-0. I was short line at the 9-0. Um, so, shout out to, to Big Sean, who still wishes me a, a Merry Christmas, and obviously I wish him back a Merry Christmas every single year. Um, unfortunately he doesn't work at the nine Oh anymore. Um, but you know, I still, uh, still love the guy and still, uh, have fond memories of being at the nine Oh, probably five, six times a week, way too often, way, way too often. 
I spent very limited time at the 9-0 because that was like a year after the Mark Sanchez thing happened. And so we were like, no 9-0, like stay away from the 9-0. That's, that's a bad place. So 9-0 was not getting frequent by very many football players in the early 2000s because of that whole situation. But, um, yeah, um, I'll pass it on to Ryan Jamal. Uh, I'll start with Ryan. Ryan, you got any questions for, for Fight On Rusty? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Rusty, just kind of looking at uh, at this team now and you're I feel like you're, you know, so plugged into the team and you obviously follow so intently. And I love the interaction you have with uh, all the other, I guess, former Pac-12 teams now. But, you know, the old rivals of SC and um, but just your thoughts on on the program kind of is, you know, kind of a two ended question, I guess. Your thoughts on the state of the program right now and your thoughts on, you know, Lincoln Rally as a whole, obviously the hype when he came in the great first season and then the letdown this year, but we've kind of have seen a resurgence in this off season. So just your thoughts on the program and, and Lincoln Riley and, and just your opinion of Lincoln Riley moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you kind of summarized it right there. I'll, I'll, I'll start going, going backwards. Obviously when Lincoln Riley was hired, you know, ton of high expectations, uh, you know, going into year one with Caleb Williams, uh, Jordan Addison, what looked on paper to be, you know, could be a championship team. For us, you know, not having those sort of guys in the program for a couple of years, it was refreshing at the very least just to know that we were going to be in it. And then we start dominating teams, right? 11 wins. Obviously, we lost to Utah a couple of times, which, you know, is what it is. Probably should have won in Salt Lake if not for the refs, but that's okay. Um, I'm not sour about it at all. Um, <laughs> you don't sound it at all. I mean, uh, you've clearly moved on in a very healthy fashion. Yeah. 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 Definitely healthy. My therapist is working overtime. Um, and, you know, obviously year two, we were probably expecting a lot of the same, right? Um, you know, we brought in some good players. We knew, we knew the shortcomings of the team, right? Grinch is going to hold us back, but if we can, you know, put up a top 40, top 50 defense, this team can, really make some noise, make the playoffs, who knows? Uh, obviously that didn't happen, right? So, you know, it is what it is. I think Lincoln Riley made the right move uh, probably sooner than he wanted to. Um, just, you know, kind of by the wayside, knowing that Grinch was already fired probably halfway through the season. He let him coach a couple more games. There was already some sort of knowledge base that he was not returning uh, which obviously, you know, leaving him on the field to consistently call bad defenses pissed off the fan base even more. Um, where we are now, you know, tons of excitement, right? I mean, we brought on someone that Michigan fans are begging to bring into their program to be their defensive coordinator. Um, we brought on a top defensive line coach. I mean, we brought on North Dakota State's head coach as our linebacker coach. Like, that's absurd, right? Um and then Doug Belk, who, I mean, like just obviously being kind of a Saban disciple there, worked with Kirby Smart while he was at uh, Alabama. You know, Saban actually wanted to bring him back into the program, into Alabama. Um, so, I mean, just a really, really solid defensive staff. So, you know, I look at that and I think, okay, well, you know, there's going to be some very good development with a lot of these guys that probably were held back in the Grinch system, Right. You think of like a Mason Cobb who really flashed on film at Oklahoma State. And I know he's not a fan favorite, but he flashed on film at Oklahoma State. He was one of the top returners in uh, stops for PFF last year. Uh, 
and he just didn't fly well in, in Grinch's system. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see what D'Anton Lynn can do uh, for a lot of these guys. And, you know, we got to you got to give credit to Riley. Right. I mean, he said that his focus was going to be the defensive side of the ball. He was going to bring on players on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm really, really excited about the staff that we have. And, you know, hopefully that transitions into, you know, what we need on the recruiting trail and what we need possibly in the transfer portal with some, you know, couple of a uh, couple of key positions. So, you know, I know it's kind of a long winded answer, but, you know, it, it obviously helps to have full context of everything. Um, and just knowing where we are now, it's just really kind of exciting to be a USC fan heading into the Big Ten, knowing that there's a weaker Washington, a weaker Michigan, um, you know, really, the, you know, the only limitations are ourselves again. So I think that's important. So I, I'm excited for it. I will say this, Rusty. I did not think, and and Jamal and Ryan, could, I did not think that Lincoln Riley was going to fire Alex Grinch. Like, there's there's audio of me saying I don't think it's going to happen. I never, I didn't think it was going to happen. And when it happened, it, it completely shocked me. I was like, oh, okay, so maybe he does have an idea. Maybe he is going in the right direction. But I never thought that was going to happen. Just, just just the way Lincoln was progressing, but he's made a 180 and I'm impressed with the way he's going. You go ahead, Ryan, what's your next question? If you have one, I, I just want to throw that in there. Uh, Rusty, I'll, I'll ask you kind of two questions. One is, uh, you know, the past and, and another is, is on the future. So kind of a past question is with all your years of fandom, your one favorite USC team of all time and, and why? And the second question is, as we talk about the future of the program, you, you talked about personnel, you talked about coaching staff. How do you see USC competing on the recruiting trail when it comes to NIL? Uh, obviously, there's a, a number of wealthy alumni at USC, but when we talk about kind of football specific, you know, and, and just how crazy things are in the South and in the Midwest and, and, you know, folks like Phil Knight, for instance, how do you see SC kind of stack up consistently with, with NIL. Sure. Um, man, favorite team. Um, 2007. Like- <laughs> 2007. <laughs> man, I like winning. I like championships. Um, I don't care if you don't want to believe the game happened. You don't want to believe the championship exists. Uh, but 2004, I mean, that, that has to be, you know, obviously my favorite team of all time. Not only did we just dominate everyone in, in nearly every game, um, you know, you think back to, um, you know, Notre Dame at the Coliseum, we crushed them 41-10. Obviously not a good Notre Dame team, but it's still fun to beat your rival by a lot. Um, and even, you know, that was a tough UCLA game that year also. I think we only I think we only won yeah, by a couple five. points. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, watching the game – against Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. I mean, that that was a pure number one versus number two game, like like two best teams in the nation, and we absolutely demolished them. Um, and just, you know, Pete Carroll obviously had that charisma around him. Um, it's hard to not have that as, you know, one of my favorite teams of all time. Plus, I think, you know, that was around the time I went to a USC camp. I don't know. Um, and all I remember from that camp is Ed O just yelling, I don't remember anything else. I obviously met at some coaches, but just Edo yelling <laughs> in his Cajun accent was the only thing I remember. Um, 
but yeah, um, 2004 for sure. Um, and also, you know, obviously, you know, one thing um, I always liked those really gritty, consistent wide receivers. So Steve Smith was one of my mm. favorite players of all time. Um, he was someone that you can consistently depend on. Um, obviously a younger player um, at that time, but somebody that we depended on a ton uh, in that year. So, um, you know, kind of the guys that, that I really enjoyed watching. We were on that three, three touchdowns in, in that orange bowl, Rusty. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. So, um, and NIL. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I feel like misconceptions about USC and NIL. Uh, only because we happen to be in a conference in a fertile recruiting area with Oregon, right? Oregon is not spending what anyone would consider market prices uh, or market uh, a market salary for any uh, sort of transfer portal player or recruit or any of that. They're kind of blowing up the market, right? So um, when I look at NIL a couple of years ago, I, you know, just from what I've been told, it was a mess, right? Um, you know, there were people that were supposed to be in charge of NIL that actually left USC at the time, um, who was left over. Um, obviously, Spencer Harris has done a, a great job just kind of, you know, doing the day-to-day work that has really kind of accelerated House of Victory, you know, moved us out of Boulevard, but accelerated House of Victory um, to where it is now. Um and, you know, obviously the work that he's done has been, you know, really good um, in my point of view. Um, he's had to deal with a lot of, you know, kind of negative conditions, fundraising, for example, um, you know, kind of being set back by the previous administration uh, under Mike Bone. Um, although he's a somewhat of a fan favorite for whatever reason, still, I'm, you know, the more you hear about what he didn't do, the more you dislike him. Um but, you know, when Jen Cohen came over, she really changed the game, right? She made NIL and fundraising her number one and number two priorities, uh, or I guess 1A, 1B. You know, obviously, the, the, the difficult thing for her is she's fundraising for facilities at the same time, right? So she came into a job that they already announced facilities, basically, and she had to go out and fundraise for them. She had to find, find the money for it. Um, obviously, there's a ton of money up for it, but there needed to be additional money brought back in um, for the uh, new football facilities. Uh, couple that in with, you know, getting folks involved on the NIL front. She's done such a good job. I mean, it, we would not have people like, you know, there's been pictures of Gavin at Rick with Rick Caruso um, hosting a fundraising event a couple weeks back. Um, people like him getting involved and getting some folks with some deeper pockets involved. Um, you know, I, I think one of the, the websites, I think Scott Schrader said that NIL will not be a problem for USC in 2020, in the 2025 class. Uh, yeah, 2025 class. I get confused with it. 2025 class. Um, and I would probably echo a lot of what he said. Um, we're still going to find situations where we're getting outspent in certain areas, you know, with a Miami or an Oregon. Uh, but you look at the staff that we have, they're going to attract a lot of talent, right? And they're going to attract a lot of talent that are willing to listen to NIL conversations that differentiates ourselves, differentiates LA, differentiates USC, because we know it's a different ballgame, right? You, you come out to LA, it's Hollywood. Um, it's, you know, you, you've got all the major, you know, not just studios, but also, you know, the major companies are kind of in the surrounding area, whether it's, you know, 
a couple blocks away from LA down in downtown or, you know, in Southern California as a whole, going down the way down to San Diego, it's a fertile ground for, you know, folks to kind of get involved in different ways in NIL. Um, obviously that's the old school marketing way, but there's, you know, different ways that, that, you know, for them to get their exposure and get their name out there. Um, you know, I, I think that this year is going to be a true test of what we can do with NIL. Um, so if we do see hiccups, we can kind of, you know, kind of raise our hand and say, you know, what the hell is going on. Um, but I think at the same time, we're going to see a lot more noise, um, right? I guess a lot better reception from folks knowing that we don't have an Alex Grinch in the way, knowing that we have, you know, one of the best defensive line coaches out there coaching college kids, uh, you know, bringing kids from, you know, the South and, and, and really making an impact there. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of positive momentum. We'll see how it works, you know, come April, May, June, when you start seeing, you know, official visits pop up and who's going to visit. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about NIL. So, so, and and me and Jamal had this talk before, and and they this was a recruiting tactic when USC recruited me. Like they're like, you see downtown, we own downtown. Like that's us. Like you want a job down there, you can get a job down there. All you have to do is graduate from USC. And I know there's been a lot of talk, like, well, there's mostly Chinese businesses downtown still, but I think the majority. Not the majority. There's still some big names in downtown L.A. that are still Trojans for life, which I think equates into like, what do you say, like the 17 to 15 Jamal that that SE has that could donate mm-hmm. to the NIL. So I think winning cures everything, too. So I think if we start winning mm-hmm. again. NIL won't be issue. And I, I, I mentioned this before. Nike has Phil Knight. You know what I mean? SC has five, six, seven Phil Knights. You know, you know what I'm saying? So even though Phil Knight is trying to play above fair market value, it's it's a it's it's a it's pretty much water off our back, but we have to cure it first in order for us to get moving forward. Um that that's one thing that I always thought. So I mean I agree with you on that. Like I've always known that money is never issue with SE, but the problem with SE and it's with anybody, you want to see a ROI and you want to see your money going to something positive. If I'm donating millions of dollars to a program and we're going eight and five consistently, I'm going to stop donating my million dollars. I could donate it somewhere else. I could go get my name on the building and everybody will remember me forever. People won't remember me for NIO. I was saying that because you actually mentioned it like downtown. You could bring that back into recruiting. You know what I mean? That could actually be used for recruiting again. Like we have downtown LA. Those tall buildings are USC. Right. So like that could be a recruiting slogan again, which worked for a lot of people when I was getting recruited, which I think sometimes things recycle and go. So I agree with you on that one. Um, The facilities, though, I don't think the facilities were a big deal. I don't think they needed new facilities because facilities isn't a thing again. You know what I mean? It used to be a thing, but it's not a thing now. All they want is money in their pocket. They could always do upgrades to the current and save money and put that money towards NIL. Uh, you guys have any rebuttal? Ryan, Jamal, Rusty, what do you guys think about that? Jamal yeah, has I mean, something. I, Go ahead, Jamal. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. I mean, I no, I, I agree. I, I, Rusty, I kind of want to take the conversation in, in another lane here about next season. What do you think about the quarterback? And uh, Miller Moss and Maeva, and what are your thoughts on kind of who the signal caller will be, who the signal caller should be, and, and also maybe a little bit about 
the Miller Moss impact on the USC team culture? Yeah, so obviously we all saw the Holiday Bowl. It wasn't a bad Louisville defense, right? So Miller Moss pretty much carved up a pretty good, uh, you know, obviously not top 10, but top 35, 40 passing defense in Louisville. So, you know, obviously you got to say he's the front runner right out of the gate. He knows the system. He knows the players. He has the chemistry. You know, he's the guy that, you know, you obviously the, the reporters that we have don't have, you know, full the full vantage point of seeing practices. But, you know, they do see him consistently working after practices with Jacoby Lane, Deuce Robinson um, and some of the younger guys, but Kyle Lemon. Uh, and some of the younger guys. So, you know, he has built up that chemistry. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited because for him, because you look at Zachariah Branch, Zachariah Branch didn't get behind the defense at all this year, right? Um, he got behind the defense twice on the same play, basically, same play design. Uh, and it was just, you know, a couple, couple inches off from uh, the throw that Miller Moss had on both throws. So that's something that obviously they'll work on over the offseason. That chemistry will continue to evolve. Um, so, you know, I, I I think that, you know, you look at Lincoln Riley's offense and it is one that can be flexed. And I, I'm, this isn't my own thoughts. These are some of the thoughts that I picked up from someone else. But it can be flexed in so many different ways, right? So Caleb Williams' office was the Caleb Williams' office. The offense that we saw in the Holiday Bowl looked a lot like what he did uh, with – you know, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, Lincoln Riley's offense, knowing that it's flexible, um, kind of gives the, you know, I would say the lead right now to Miller Moss. But, you know, you look at Maeva, you look at his film, I mean, he jumps off, right? He's athletic. He's got a strong, uh, you make strong throws. Um, you know, he can put players in a position to make plays which is, you know, kind of the, the hallmark of Lincoln Riley's offense, right? You know, he, w- he wants to get players in a position to make plays down the field. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's ex- it's going to be a great QB battle between the two. Um, I think that they're, you know, obviously they're not going to announce a – it won't behoove, you know, the team or um, Lincoln Riley or the QBs to know who the starter is uh, after spring camp. So, you know, obviously that's – kind of a given, but, you know, we'll probably hear who wins that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Miller Moss just because of his familiarity with the system uh, and his development and his chemistry with some of the guys. Um, and that being said, like, obviously, you know, you know, we're not in the locker room, right? So we obviously take what we see on film, on video, on TV with like, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but, you know, Miller was a, was a leader on the sidelines. And, you know, Caleb was a leader in different ways. He was very respected by the guys. But to see someone that fired up and, you know, getting in the getting in the lineman huddle, getting the wide receivers huddle, and really making himself that leader for the team uh, obviously makes a huge difference, right? Um, so, you know, that's, that's something that I noticed, and I think that that's something that we'll continue to see evolve. I think that if Maeva is – uh, you know, I obviously think he was smart to come to USC and develop under Lincoln Riley. Um, but if he waits it out, waits his turn, I think he's going to be a great player. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that he won't win the QB competition because I don't have eyes on that either, but 
you know, just the familiarity with, with the system, the chemistry, and just um, Miller just being a, a leader in the, the locker room. I think that kind of sets him apart at this point. What do you think about the Juju situation? That's his name, right? Juju? Julian? Yeah, yeah Julian yeah. Juju Lewis, yeah. Yeah, it's Julian Lewis. What do you think about the Julian Lewis situation? Do you think he's just flinching, or do you think he really has his recruitment open up and SC should be panicked? What do you guys think? I think he's flinching. <laughs> I think he's flinching. I think I, I all right. So I, I'd say it two ways. I think he's taking my approach. Like I knew where I wanted to go, but I enjoyed the free foods and the flights and the parties on the on the on the official visits. And there's unlimited visits now. I think he just enjoys going on visits and gets to see the other schools. I'm not too concerned, but there is some concern in the back of my mind. And the only reason why is because there could be that one thing that could just pop him and be like, you know what? I want to go here and then it's going to put SC on panic mode. Like the thing I used to always tell high school kids when I was coaching high school that went on visits. If you go to sleep and you wake up and you feel like you're at home, that's where you need to go. Right. You go on, you go on these visits sometimes and you know, you're not at home. Like you don't have that comfort level, but if you wake up in the hotel, you're like, Oh shoot, I'm not at home, but you have that comfort. That's the place you need to be. That's the one thing that worries me. But I, I think he's kind of like flinching right now and just enjoying visits. There's not, it's not red alert, but there is some worry. That's, that's my opinion. Jamal, Ryan, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think in this day and age, Rusty, there's always room to be worried. You know, it just, it feels like obviously with this new era of college sports and college football in particular, things are so much more short term in nature, instant gratification in nature, transactional in nature. So Things like continuity, loyalty, you know, stability, those values seem to be falling under the line to, hey, where am I going to get the biggest bag and where am I going to get the biggest opportunity to play? And so as a result of that, there's just so many moving parts with all of these teams that I don't think you can ever feel truly comfortable that you've got a kid locked up, especially when you're going up against the likes of a Georgia and some other preeminent powers. So I don't think that USC is particularly at at any sort of disadvantage or there's any sort of inflection point right now, but I think it is going to just be a continuously very competitive thing until he actually signs on the dotted line. Yeah. And for, before you finish it off, Rusty, I think we've talked about this a bunch. It's obviously a a high point conversation, but you know, concerns a relative word, I think, because I, I think Lincoln Riley of any position, it's like they, we don't really need to worry too much about the quarterback position or at least not be overly concerned. Obviously, you want to see that that highest recruit available come to the USC. But it did concern me a little bit that he reclassified to 25 because he seems like a kid that's going to want to start right away. And based on eligibility from Milan Moss and Jade Maeva, um, you know, if he would have came in 26, it may have been like, cool, the keys are yours. But I think coming a year early, you know, Miller still has two years eligibility. Jaden has three to four. And so I personally think it'd be better for him to sit a year. But is he going to think that or is he going to go somewhere like Georgia where Carson Beck's going to be done and it's the keys of the castle for him for Georgia? So that's the only thing that kind of worried me when he reclassified. But what do you think, Rusty? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's concerning, right? You, you think about QB recruiting. They typically shut down early. Um, they want to build the class around them, especially if you're the number one QB, wide receivers want to play with you. So you kind of look at that, and obviously he hasn't shut it down. He's going on trips. Am I worried about him going to Colorado? No. 
I, I think he'll listen to the NIL presentation, same way that, you know, a player like Draylon Miller in the last class uh, surprised everyone by signing there and listened to the uh, NIL presentation. Do I think that's going to be the driving factor in what he does? No. Um, but, you know, obviously flirting with Georgia, flirting with Alabama now, those are real concerns. Um, you know, if it comes if it comes to the point where it's, you know, April, May, official visits start, you know, what, what is it, last weekend in May or first weekend in June, if it comes around that point and he's still kind of looking around, flirting with other schools, I, I would be pretty concerned of him flipping at that point. Um, do I think that's fairly innocent right now? Yeah. Um, he's checking out his options. He's going on trips. You know, to Al's point, like, he's he's doing the whole visit thing. He's getting – getting out there, seeing what he can see. Um, but, you know, if you know, he'll, he'll come to USC sometime around spring practice, he's going to be uh, at USC or in LA training with his QB coach, you know, at some point uh, during the next couple months. So um, he'll have plenty of time to catch up with Lincoln Riley. He'll have plenty of time to feel like LA is home, home to him. Um, and I think that, ultimately and hopefully he'll be a Trojan um, and then we can move towards him kind of building the class around him. Um, but as of right now, you know, obviously it's concerning, um, but you know, he's 17 year old kid trying to check out his options. So I don't really blame him for, for doing what he's doing. We need our Alex Holmes to close him right on. <laughs> well, we, there's two, there's two important decisions that you uh, need to, that you make in your life. That's the college you go to and the woman you marry, right? <clears throat> the woman you marry, you normally make that decision as an adult, right? You're normally established. You have an adult mind. Like you, you've been through the real world a little bit. You've been knocked down. You've been picked back up. Like you, you know how to get through things and maneuver things. So that decision you make with a sound mind. Picking a college as a kid is one of the hardest things you can ever do. And we've all been through that, regardless if it's for a scholarship for it, uh, you get accepted into a university, right? Like very, like, unless you're like dead set on something, right? It's, it's still a hard decision to make. And you try to make that decision as a 17 year old is very, very difficult. I don't care what anybody says. Even if you get accepted into Ivy League, you have to figure out what Ivy League you want to go to. If you get accepted USC, UCLA, you're like, all right, which one do I really want to go to? Like, it's a tough decision on any kid. And so like, the pressure that's put on you, you have to understand that that pressure is also you're helping somebody keep their job, right? <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it. Like you're helping somebody keep their job. You're now becoming a celebrity. You're now being put in a spotlight that you've never been in before. So like it, it, it's a really tough decision and you have to make that decision right. Not right, but you have to make the best decision for you. At that point, your parents don't matter. Your coaches don't matter. Your trainers don't matter because none of them are going to be there that whole time you're there. They may come and visit and, you know, they you might talk to them on the phone. But when you're getting knocked down in college, your parents are not physically there. They're through a phone call or text message. So there's a lot you learn in college. And like I said, when you get married, you do that as an adult. You've been knocked down multiple times like you did with all this stuff. But as a 17 year old, when you get knocked down as a 17 year old, you have somebody there to pick you up it's hard getting up on your own. You know what I mean? So yep. that that's the thing about making that college decision. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's really tough. So, yeah. Um, 
I got one more question for you, Rusty, before I let you get out of here. I know you said you had to get out of here. There's a kid that's hitting the media right now. He's a quarterback. He's a freshman in high school, right? His father has, was in California 20-something years. He's pretty good. They're saying he's pretty good. He threw up four bunch of touchdowns. That's why how he became viral. So he has three more years, three more years. He'll probably be a top recruit. Gunner Rivers. Would you like to see Gunner Rivers in a USC uniform? Is this one of twenty one of Bill Rivers' <laughs> twenty kids? I think it's his I think it's his oldest kid. Hold on, let me look real quick. It is I heard they're pregnant again with the their first son. It's it's their first son. Wow. And they they already spit out a, a, a good QB, huh? Yep. It's the first that's, son. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what a random question to, to yeah, sort of close on. I love it. My God. If I had to guess out of 20 questions you would have picked, uh, you could have given me 200 guesses. I would have never guessed that one. I mean, geez. No. I, after answer, I have one final one, and then we will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about him. I'd have to look at his film. Um you know, obviously, if he's, you know, getting some hype, he has the, the last name. Um, I hope that he wouldn't be a lean towards, like, uh, his pops went to NC State, right? Yeah. So I would hope that he's not a lean over there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I lean into Lincoln Riley being the QB whisperer, being the QB guru. Um, I don't care what other people are saying. He's going to be at USC for years and years and years. Uh, until he doesn't want to coach anymore, which, you know, could come sooner or later. But, you know, if if Gunner is a good QB, yeah, bring him in. Let, let's have Phillip Rivers around the uh, – Phil Rivers around the uh, around the facilities. That would be awesome. Um, you know, I, I just think about, like, Phil Rivers just yelling at people on the field. <laughs> I just hope that Gunner has that same, like, same attitude. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Quickly, Rusty, um, and you don't have to reveal any people you talked to or whatnot, but you were the first one I saw like two or three weeks ago kind of tease Coach Henderson come to SC uh, on Twitter. And sure enough, right as the Rams were eliminated after losing the Lions the next day or the day after uh, Coach Henny, you know, signs with SC and gets here. So just how, you know, how did you uh, have an inkling for that? And what were your thoughts on just, you know, getting arguably the best defensive line coach in the NFL to come here? Yeah, well, first, I mean, it's awesome, right? Uh, how lucky are we that we get we got Eric Henderson to be our defensive line coach? Um, again, proof proof is in the pudding about Lincoln Riley getting serious about defense, right? Um, but uh, kind of the story there, I got a text from a buddy around uh, Christmas time saying that they think that Eric Henderson, uh, you know, he had connections to the Chargers, uh, it, or excuse me, the Rams. They, there's rumors around the Rams facility that Eric Henderson has received an offer from USC. Uh, went quiet for a couple weeks, um, and then randomly Eric Henderson followed me. So I, you know, I, I thought that was weird. So I reached out to uh, my same buddy and I asked, you know, what's going on here? He's like, yeah, I, I think it's happening. So uh, ended up reaching out to somebody that I knew with the Rams. And he said, like, you know, there's kind of an anticipation that he's going to be leaving. He's very well liked in the organization. They see he has a very high ceiling as a coach, um, whether that's in college or the NFL. Um, and, you know, they'll do whatever it takes to, to keep him on the Rams staff. 
Um, I think he got an offer that he couldn't refuse from USC. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much the story there. The drumbeat just got louder throughout the NFL season towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, um, that was, it was fun to, to tease people about that yeah. kind of knowing that it was, uh, possibly going to be happening. Um, so there was, a another writer for USC reached out to me. He's like, you know, this is happening, right? It was like, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. So, Rusty, yeah. I'm going to get 30 seconds and we'll, we'll definitely let you go. We'll close on this given the information that, that we have today, right? The, the state of the team and the state of everyone else, state of Michigan, state of Washington, everybody, everybody else on that schedule next year. What do you think is going to be USC's record in 2024? And what's a, what's a reasonable Ooh. outcome to expect uh, from this team in 24? So my guess right now, knowing that I have all the hype of the offseason, all the hype of the defensive coaches, I am pumping all the sunshine is 11 and one. I'll take um, that. Yeah, I'm going 11 and one with everything I know right now. Who's the loss to? I'm 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 giving LSU the benefit of the doubt. Ah, oh, no, I thought so. You, so you think that we lose the opener and then and then run the table? Okay, yeah, okay. I do, I do. Um, if we beat LSU, uh, I mean, 12 and 0 is not out of the realm of possibilities, right? We we play most of our tough games at home. We don't travel east uh, outside of, uh, you know, after October 19th. So I think there's, you know, we've gotten a pretty favorable schedule. We've gotten lucky with some coaches leaving. And, you know, I think, you know, ultimately we're going to see if the Big Ten and defense is really a thing, right? So I think our defense is going to be, you know, much, much improved. Um, but if our offense is able to do what Lincoln Riley has done in the Big 12, has done in uh, obviously the Pac-12, I, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. That was good to hear. Hey, Rusty, I really appreciate you coming on. I, in fact, I love your arrogant nation name. I tell Jamal this all the time when we get into USC UCLA talks. Like we are better than you. Like we have an <laughs> arrogancy. Like we just are better than you. Like so, so seeing that, I and um, I could do no more but agree. <laughs> I could do no more but agree. So, but I love the work you're doing on Twitter. Um, keep it up. I love the fact that you came on here. Like I said before, like we're a big family. All Trojans are family. doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have a different Twitter, or a different podcast, we all are one community. We all come together. We all collaborate. And I love the fact that you came on here. I appreciate you. Pretty sure Ryan and Jamal appreciate you guys for coming. Absolutely. Appreciate you for coming on too. Anytime you want to come back on, you you have an open door. Just let us know. You can come back on anytime. Uh, the answer is always yes. Thank you. You've been a great host, man. I appreciate you. Ryan, Jamal, we got another one in the books. I think we did a good job. We got one of the top men on social media on our show today. I mean, we could do nothing but be happy about that one. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for joining. Once again, it's the Bet Online Salute Detroit Podcast. You know how it goes. Live free, fight on.